Welcome to Get Wisdom with your hosts, Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Imagine if God was a co-host. What if the historically rare ability to converse with God and get profound answers to questions has been rediscovered? What would God say to today's troubled world? Get Wisdom will share those answers. Now, here is Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Get Wisdom. I'm Brian Kelly, along with Get Wisdom founder and director, Carl Mollison. This week... Creator explains more mysteries of the human mind, and uh, there's there's certainly no shortage of mysteries when it comes to the human mind, Carl. (laughs) Well, this is true, and part of the reason is it's not probed in the ways that will be most productive. So we're going to learn some things about what the mind is in total that is deeper and more complex an issue than one might expect. And we're, we're dealing with just the surface level and the way we live and what we perceive through our senses. So there's, there's much more to understand about it. And it's rather important because it's the source of many problems we have, that there are levels of the mind, not all of which talk to one another. Yeah. All right. You asked Creator, in a recent radio show on academic gatekeeping, Creator shared this. The reality is the biggest part of the mind is unreachable to conscious awareness or even ordinary hypnotic trance procedures. Can Creator expand on the use of the word ordinary in this context? Dr. Milton H. Erickson, for instance, was no ordinary hypnotist. Did any of his techniques and methodologies reach and or influence the deep subconscious, even though he certainly had no complete appreciation of of the true reality and nature of what it was he was interacting with? All right, and this is what I channeled from Creator in answer. When we were speaking of ordinary hypnotic trance procedures, we were referring to what hypnotists do who only reach the upper levels of the subconscious mind, regardless of how deep their subject enters into trance with application of the variety of deepeners that hypnotists use to take them further into a state of somnambulance. As your channel is researched and discovered, there is yet a deeper level of the subconscious. He is termed the deep subconscious and represents an unreachable depth because it is disconnected functionally from the upper levels of the mind. Both the conscious awareness and the subconscious mind as probed by hypnotists and scientists thinking of it as the rest of the story when in fact it is still a surface layer compared to the mind as a totality. For the deep subconscious is the majority of the mind and its capabilities in terms of what you think of as mind processing capability. It is a superb multitasker and can carry out many, many operations simultaneously about all kinds of explorations and search and retrieval functions. It is constantly surveying the past as well as the future and the repositories of consciousness, in addition to watching what the conscious level is up to and all the outside stimuli coming in through the normal senses of awareness as its main job is to help protect the individual. Because it governs the body, including the emotional responses to things, It has the ability to signal discomfort and concern when there is danger lurking, and it is the major source of emotional problems of a chronic nature. 
Nothing that Erickson did was able to reach the deep subconscious level. So this was a blind spot because it was constrained by the methodology he used. Your discovery of the deep subconscious was because you could channel the deep subconscious level of the mind and were able to perceive its isolated status and the lack of awareness of upper levels of the client's mind while you were doing a channeling of their mind, in fact. And even though they might be sitting in front of you, were completely unaware you were talking to the largest part of their mind and carrying out a therapeutic intervention, in fact, none of which was consciously perceived. So this is a gap in awareness by psychologists and psychiatrists not appreciating that the majority of their patient is unreachable by any of their therapeutic strategies and methods. And it's why we have told you that your process for trauma resolution that reaches the deep subconscious mind to not only resolve trauma events and their consequences emotionally, but do replacement of negative beliefs and the installation of soul attributes to restore basic capabilities of the client will be a revolutionary advancement for psychotherapy. Well, I can tell you that uh, as far as a revolutionary advancement for psychotherapy goes, uh, I think there's some, some precursors that probably got to happen before there's going to be a huge embracing of, you know, uh, deep traumatic, deep conscious, subconscious traumatic resolution, you know, with con- with channeling involved. Because science has to accept the phenomenon of channeling to begin with before it can utilize it in this way. Can't disagree there. This is the quandary always that change is slow. And that's because it is resisted, and it's often thwarted actively and sabotaged to slow things down and keep things from advancing. It's just the world we live in, but it's important to plant the flag in a sense and get this at least on the map in sort of a fringe area of awareness and with the expectation that it will spread and will grow from there. I think we have done that, Carl. We put it on the map. U.S. creator Milton Erickson spent a day in 1950 at the home of Aldous Huxley. Huxley is a celebrated author of A Brave New World. Huxley did a form of self-hypnosis he called Deep Reflection. On that day, Erickson and Huxley did some remarkable consciousness explorations. The two men had agreed to jointly publish a collaborative work on their findings. A decade passed, and Erickson was looking to bring the collaborative project to fruition when disaster struck. Huxley lost his home and all his notes and manuscripts in the great Bel Air, California fire of 1961. Afterward, Huxley informed Erickson that he would not resume their collaboration. The loss was simply too great. What's the story behind this disaster, and was Huxley specifically targeted with a backlash for his life's work? All right, and this is what Creator tells us. This is a perceptive question because it is recognizing a significant lost opportunity with the coming together of two great minds in a position to probe workings of the mind and apply a high level of creativity and insight to better understand what is truly happening when consciousness not only solves problems, but creates new ideas and offers new information not seemingly in existence yet. It is not that there was a unique process by Aldous Huxley that is now lost to history. It is that he was more highly intuitive and his process enabled his intuition to work effectively and to best advantage. 
And this could have sparked a much more aggressive exploration of the paranormal because this was pointing the way to the use of trance states in facilitating the intuitive reach of non-local consciousness that has all kinds of applications for learning and problem-solving both. You are correct that the loss of his writings was indeed sinister. This was intended to be a setback for Huxley to further limit what he could do in the future, as his work was truly prophetic. Huxley was tapping into the actual planning of the extraterrestrial alliance. And that is why people perceived it as a grim prophecy of a future reality and read his work with foreboding. It has never been truer than today that his classic, A Brave New World, has come into existing reality more and more with each passing year. And that is because the plans were laid during Huxley's time and before and are only playing out according to plan. We have said before a number of times that there are no true secrets because everything is on record and the reach of intuition quite powerfully able to see and learn all that is in existence, including what is still on the drawing boards, but planned to happen and therefore is being formulated and implemented in a future extension of the current timeline. That is why prophecy can be demonstrated in the first place. It is simply the viewing of an actual future in formation. That timeline is provisional, so the future projection can change, and this makes future events uncertain and confuses things greatly because even the best psychics will be wrong a significant part of the time, even in terms of major happenings. It is not their fault. It is because the future itself and its potentials have changed because other things are moderating what truly plays out. So the prophecy became out of date and was replaced with a new set of potentials. So while we do not regard prophecy as an especially valuable application of intuitive reach, these phenomena are an extremely valuable clue about the importance of the paranormal that consciousness is wide-ranging and able to reveal many important truths about the reality of existence people are unaware of and need to know to safeguard their future. Well, once again, we're hearing uh, Creator really underscore the paranormal as a, as a staircase to uh, greater understanding and perhaps easier acceptance of spiritual reality, which leads obviously to easier acceptance of the divine realm, Carl. Well, it's, it's all of a piece, really. What we're living and observe and feel and think is all a projection of possibility built into the grand design of creator. So the farther we drift away from divine alignment, the darker that projection becomes, the more disorganized, disheveled, and discouraging, and eventually depraved. And the more we get back into divine alignment, the more we can have things work in harmony and for upliftment and the betterment of humanity and other beings who we interact with. So how to do that is the quandary. First, yeah. you have to know there's a problem. Well, we know there's a problem and the world is, is a mess. So a lot of people are seeing problems, but it all fits together in a grand scheme. 
So any way you can probe that is is going to add and help things. And I was I was really kind of blown away actually by the answer. You know that, you know that it gives me a new uh, appreciation of Huxley and what he actually contributed because uh, he was very very intuitive. That's for sure. U.S. creator Erickson never believed that some people cannot be hypnotized and spent his entire life attempting to prove that. One student in particular required over 300 one-hour working sessions before he could develop a somnambulistic trance. And a somnambulistic trance is one where when you come out of it, you have amnesia for everything that occurred in the trance. Once that was achieved for this, for this current subject, he turned out to be an outstanding subject. Erickson also noted that most engineers are difficult to hypnotize. Something peculiar about engineers seems to make them exceedingly impatient with anyone even attempting to hypnotize them. The result was that during many of his studies, it was always the engineers that would quit on him, often in mass. What can Creator tell us? Right, and Creator says, what happened with the refractory individual who required over 301 hour sessions to achieve a deep trance state? was a gradual acclimation and a growing inner sense of trust in the hypnotist to eventually come to feel nothing bad would happen at the hands of this individual. And eventually, a breakthrough occurred to allow the subject to enter a trance state. That was possible to do all along, but simply not allowed by the subconscious mind wanting to protect the inner sanctum from intrusion. And this was because of prior trauma. The refractory characteristic of engineers singled out here is a recognition of the way their minds work, being highly intellectual. And so the focus of energy is on the highest level of conscious awareness because of the demanding nature of dealing with things in a quantitative sense, in a specific sense, with the most ex exquisite of details and holding many bits of information in place to focus on at one time. That rigor and intensity of focus is holding the conscious level of awareness in place with great strength in order to go the distance needed to think through a problem and get to the next step in what might be required to happen without the mind wandering and letting go as happens during daydreaming and the kinds of reverie that will allow people to drift into a trance state spontaneously. Good hypnotic subjects tend to be highly imaginative, and that is an exhibition of the free-roaming nature of their consciousness wanting to be out and about and exploring things, looking for new possibilities, sniffing out new trails to explore, and so on. And that state of mind keeps the person very open to accepting intuitive information. And they will be functioning many times in a semi-trance because it is normal for them to be in that state of consciousness. Such individuals will be readily hypnotized because they practice hypnotism on themselves many times during the day. So this is using one indicator of conscious functioning. The readiness to be hypnotized is a readout for the range and variety of mindsets people exhibit and how they operate. This is both a function of their makeup genetically and the soul expressions uniquely assigned and favored as their life plan, as well as learning and practice and thinking during their formative years, because much of what the mind does will be done out of habit, including how one thinks. 
you know, and, and how one thinks, I've come to learn, Carl, in a lot of the recent studies I've been doing, uh, can differ wildly from individual to individual. I mean, most people think that we probably, you know, like we breathe in a similar way, right? Our lungs go in and out, brings in oxygen and all that kind of stuff. It's very similar functionality. But the way people think uh, is a lot different, I think, than people realize across the board. Yes, well, we tend to think of crude measures like intelligence, which is very subjective and situation-specific in terms of the details, at least. In their general uh, um, differentiations, you can see play out that some people are smarter than others and rise to more demanding roles in society as a consequence. But when it comes to things involving the paranormal, there is another aspect that doesn't involve intelligence per se. It's access, the ability to reach the deep part of the mind where the intuitive gateway resides. And that has to do with how narrowly you focus your mind. So you can literally cut yourself off from deeper and thus higher awareness by being over-focused, hyper-focused, on the here and now, and not think about or imagine other possible ways of experiencing reality. And, you know, everyone loses. Yeah. Well, this is a fascinating answer, you know, in terms of the engineers, because I I know, having done some experimental work myself, and you as well, you know, you've probably encountered that as well, in a sense, you know, that uh, the, the engineering mindset just seems to make hypnosis difficult. Not not across the board, of course, there's always exceptions, but it yes. does seem to work as a general rule that engineers are very difficult to hypnotize and have very little patience for it. And I'm an engineer. <laughs> I'm a software engineer by trade, so I, I, I can I can identify with that. Well, it's, it's kind of a, a concrete thinking is what I would describe it as. And so it has its place. And, you know, engineers are lofty beings in terms of accomplishments and you know native ability to do useful things and if that's one genuine yardstick for evaluating success uh, it it it's a useful attribute that serves them but yeah. thank god for variety because we wouldn't want a world that only has one narrow type of person it would be right. rather dull if everyone were exactly the same so it exactly. it and it's not so yeah, and we're we're not, and that's what this this channeling really underscores. Uh, check out getwisdom.com. Download our empowered our prayer book, getwisdom.com slash prayer, which goes into empowered prayer, has an old list of prayers for different things, uh, you know, for health and uh, financial uh, prosperity and for all kinds of other things that are that are necessary and good in life. And also get the book on uh, the Lightwork Healing Protocol. Download that today, getwisdom.com slash LHP. And we're back with more Get Wisdom right after this. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance. 
from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive lightworker healing protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Go back to the second segment of this week's Get Wisdom. We're looking at what Creator has shared in terms of more mysteries of the mind. And uh, there's certainly no shortage of mysteries of the mind. And what we're kind of attempting to do here with some of these questions is we're surveying some scientific literature of respected scientists um, to see if they've kind of tripped over aspects of the mind that uh, are a bit mysterious. And when they report on it in their writings, uh, the hope is that maybe it gives a little more credence to the phenomena so that it's not just dismissed out of hand. At least that's kind of my hope in my exercise of going down this road, Carl. Well, the more we learn the ins and outs of how the mind works, the better we're going to be in living our own lives, in taking a leaf from the book that's extended and better defined. And with that understanding, we'll come in advance in appreciation for the possible. And that's how things don't progress when yeah. <laughs> it's assumed, oh, we've arrived. You know, this is as far as it goes. The trail is petered out. And that's it. You know, we're, we're, uh, we have to content ourselves with the current state of uh, affairs. And history has shown again and again that that is a big, big mistake. Because oh, yeah. there's always more to come if we keep going. Absolutely. U.S. creator, Dr. Dr. Milton Erickson treated a couple of patients with affective, wholly psychological, that is, that's what the word affective in this context means, uh, writing disorder. Neither of his patients could write, but could do any number of other complex hand tasks like using tools or knitting. He was unable to treat one of the patients, but with the other, he used hypnosis to transfer the handicap to the other non-writing hand. This finally enabled this patient to resume writing successfully, but with the effect that the other hand would go numb every time they went to write something. So while this is difficult to label a healing, it is certainly a creative workaround of the problem and was a great help to the patient. What was really happening here? Why was Erickson successful with one but not the other patient? And what is truly needed to heal such disorders? All right. Well, this this is an example, I think, of why talking to creator and learning more about the working of the mind can point us to solutions for such dilemmas. This is what creator says. 
What you see demonstrated in this example is that hypnotism is a tool for accessing a deeper part of the mind and bringing about many interesting phenomena through an ability of the mind to cooperate with suggestions given by a hypnotist to prompt them with instructions or requests for recall of information and so on. But that is not the same as healing. It is gathering information, but information alone and demonstrating capability that can be done under the conditions of the hypnotic trance, but not necessarily during the waking state, so to speak, when a person is acting on their own initiative. Both of these patients had an inner block to carry out writing because of prior trauma, and the mind was balking at the insistence of other people that they learn this task. So the subconscious mind was digging in its heels and preventing the hand from carrying out the task. Erickson was probing the phenomena during hypnotic trance, but without healing anything. That is why one patient was completely refractory to his mere suggestions of performing the task of writing. With the other patient, he was able to shift the site of the trauma memory from one hemisphere of the brain to the other, as the trauma was residing in cellular consciousness and, as a consequence, began to restrict the movement of the opposite hand and freed up the dominant hand to begin carrying out writing successfully. This phenomenon of symptom displacement has been observed over and over as a result of so-called hypnotherapy, which is more an exploration than a therapeutic maneuver in most instances. This was discovered very early along by hypnotists assuming they could cure things through the power of suggestion. There is a famous case recounted in medical schools about the limits of hypnotherapy in the example of a patient who was deaf, who was hypnotized and convinced he could hear, and indeed his hearing was restored. But then he subsequently went blind. What was taking place was an inner conflict from past trauma creating such inner torment the person was desperate to disconnect from the outer world, fearing the worst would happen at any moment, and was trying to shut down the senses literally so he could hear no evil. When this was manipulated to take away his safety maneuver of deafness, his body then resorted to a see-no-evil strategy to continue with its agenda of separating from outer awareness. So what is needed for resolving trauma is involvement with the mind using guided imagery to invite the mind itself to substitute what would be a successful strategy and then have the mind apply the strategy in retrospect to the memory of the event and rework the scene to bring about a neutral or positive result instead of the prior trauma, and to use an energetic representation of that healing as a signal to be sent throughout the body so it reaches cellular consciousness everywhere within the person, and then beyond to the repositories of consciousness, primarily the Akashic records, so that the energetic signature of the trauma is repaired. That is full and complete healing. So there will be no future karmic consequences of what happened. 
but only the memory of the event alone will remain and not the pain and suffering that was caused that can be recreated within the person, not only in the current life, but in all future lives until healing in this way is accomplished. That is why reaching the deepest levels of the mind, including cellular consciousness, is the key to healing most physical illness because it has an origin within the negative karma of past experience, and that can never be cured with a pill or with surgery. The energy of the past negativity will go somewhere else, if need be, to get a hearing and be acted on through the body. Wow, this is <laughs> just so fascinating. Um, you know, the idea that Erickson, through hypnotic suggestion, was able to transfer the, the trauma from one area of the brain to the other and yet and then enable the person to write. And Crater's answer is just incredible. Um, you know, there was another example that Erickson wrote about of um, a man that was injured uh, in his 34th year of work and back in the 50s or 40s, whenever this happened, um, he needed to do all 35 years where he didn't get a pension. And the manner of injury called an effective, you know, disorder with his arm. He couldn't move his arm, but his arm was, you know, okay. And so the, they had to figure out how to, to move the disability of the arm to just the wrist so he could resume working and get his pension. <laughs> and the good news is it worked, right? He was able to displace all the trauma to the wrist, and he was able to, you know, finish his 35 years and get his pension. But uh, it's, it's just a fascinating, fascinating subject. Well, and it... It also leads to potential further insight and exploration. If one thinks about the further implications of these observations, for example, what happens when you have an illness, you go to your doctor, you get a prescription for medication, and it suppresses the symptoms of the illness, which is designed to do, and you feel grateful and, and you get relief. But is there a danger of that creating a different problem sure. because that karmic potential from the underlying trauma history is not being allowed to manifest and express itself and release that inner tension and conflict. So this is an open question and, and it speaks to the issue. What's needed is deep healing and repair and creator just explained step-by-step step how to do that. So yes. This is the process that we figured out in how to resolve the trauma of the past, even in other lifetimes. And it Indeed. is curative. Absolutely. You ask creator, it appears the conscious or awake mind can focus on only one task at a time. For instance, the conscious mind cannot read a book and do a counting exercise at the same time. Yet when hypnotized to this omnambulistic level, the level that results in amnesia upon awakening, this ability to multitask has been readily demonstrated. Can Creator explain why this is so and what levels of the mind are participating? All right, and these are Creator's words. What you are seeing exhibited with this phenomenon of the ability of the subconscious mind to multitask with ease in ways impossible for conscious awareness is a clue about what we have pointed out, that the subconscious mind in total is vastly larger than the conscious mind and its reach. What was explored by Erickson and others to exhibit the greater capability of the subconscious in deep trance states was still only involving the upper subconscious, 
which is the tip of an iceberg with regard to the totality of the mind, as the vast majority resides in the deep subconscious and is unreachable to conscious awareness and requests of a hypnotist during a trance state to make something happen. Interestingly, the profound ability of the deep subconscious to multitask is one of the reasons that the strategies of your channel has innovated to do deep subconscious channeling and trauma resolution is so very powerful because it enables creator to carry out an interrogation of the deep subconscious and have it do many, many repetitive scans and iterations of procedures to resolve a large number of traumas and to enumerate the many alterations and distortions of thinking that came about during the course of those events and to recall directly negative limiting beliefs that were formed and attributes of feelings and capabilities that were diminished or prevented from being expressed so they could be restored. This is a tremendous feat of conscious involvement and effectiveness in carrying out a therapeutic intervention to help the person regain a state of happiness and functional capability, perhaps never before achieved, and could never be done via the conscious mind. This is another reason why we have told your channel that his discovery of this deep level of the subconscious and creating a specific protocol involving creator to carry out a therapeutic intervention is so very powerful in facilitating meaningful change to remove personal roadblocks and inner conflict that limit happiness. Well, that is certainly a, a key thing to underscore here is that uh, Erickson was doing very interesting work, but he was not inviting the creator to participate. <laughs> and you just got done here saying that with uh, the methods and therapies that you've developed, we're inviting creator in to carry out the heavy lifting, essentially. Yes, in this in this this complex uh, reframing of past trauma and trauma resolution is a built-in portion of the Lightworker Healing Protocol. So everyone we work on with the protocol gets the benefit of this, and and knowing their issues in life. This can be worked on to great advantage automatically by the divine realm, yes. working deep in the person's mind. So they don't have to even show up for a therapy session. Yeah. Even it just gets worked on. <laughs> even engineers can use the life of healing protocol, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> this is okay. true. You yeah, asked creator, we'll fit this in quickly. Erickson mentioned a little known phenomenon to folks who don't work in extremely loud industrial settings. For old-timers in these settings, it is not uncommon for two acclimated workers to, to be able to carry on a normal conversation at normal volume levels when outsiders can't even hear each other when shouting in close proximity. How is this even possible? This appears to be a phenomenon almost akin to telepathy. It certainly seems to defy our understanding of hearing biology. What can Creator tell us? All right. Creator says, this is an interesting experiment of nature carried out by human beings and observing the capabilities of consciousness to work with the sensorium in sorting out the meaning of what senses are detecting and conveying to the brain for processing in order to make sense of it under conditions of overload. 
What is happening here is not the development of psychic ability because the ears are useless with the din of the loud environment seemingly making a normal conversation impossible. Rather, what is taking place is the brain is in effect filtering out the din because of prior familiarity and understanding and registering those frequencies over and over and over again and simply using its multitasking ability to shunt them aside to not be considered, but only what is novel in the form of the vocal conversation taking place, despite the background noise. Because the brain is filtering out the din, the conversation is perceptible and understandable to the mind, and the person as well can perceive the words of the conversation with clarity and understanding. So this is an illustration of the elegant adaptability of consciousness and the sensory mechanisms. This has obvious benefits to ensure safe functioning and has survival value for the species. I think Creator's words here are very enlightening. The adaptability of consciousness and the sensory mechanism. So he didn't say the adaptability of biology, though there is certainly adaptability there. But Creator is emphasizing that there's consciousness involved here, which is something I think science really overlooks, Carl. Well, and there's clues here that could have been turned into useful science and technology even to approximate it, imitate it in the form of noise cancellation, for example. This is the technology that's being used now so you can shut out background noise and enjoy something like music or conversation through headphones that filter out all the background din. So this is a a very fascinating look at how creator built into the human being capabilities that profound and subtle in their workings. Yeah. And, and, you know, what's built in is complex. It's, it's certainly consciousness in addition to biology, in addition to energy in the form of electricity, uh, you know, and, and yet science ignores the whole consciousness aspect and sticks just to the chemical electrical, essentially. You know, and uh, no wonder we don't, <laughs> that we're really just scratching the surface when it comes to understanding what the human being is and what it's capable of. Well, and it works on its own, which is the, the miracle of it. Yeah. <laughs> that it's not something, you know, the mind conceived of and then worked through a series of exercises to kind of learn and and imitate something happening and work out conditions to sort of use your own intellectual firepower to discipline yourself in some way. That's a hard thing to do. And this is something that people just developed in that setting without thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's amazing. And it, it really gets to the miracle of life in a sense, but uh, our atheist scientists see it differently. Well, someday it'll change, we hope. Check us out again, getwisdom.com. Check out our healing services. You can go to the menu, and there's a healing tab on the front page of getwisdom.com. And you can sign up to have a practitioner do a LHP for you because belief protocol is where it's at. Belief inculcation, having a belief in your ability to do the protocol and to get results is very, very important. So if you feel like your faith is a little bit challenged, hire a practitioner, and you can get the same results as the best in the world, Carl. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back. The last segment of Get Wisdom, right after this. Mm-hmm. 
scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the final segment of this week's Get Wisdom as we continue to explore more of what Creator shares with us about more mysteries of the human mind. And uh, so far, it's been an interesting exploration, Carl. Yes, indeed. Well, we got a lot to cover in this last segment, so we will get on with it. You asked, Creator, the word somnambulist is the label for sleepwalkers. Erickson and other hypnotists use the word to also describe a person who enters a trance state from which they emerge with a full amnesia or a total forgetting of the trance and everything that occurred during it, just like sleepwalkers when they awaken. Can Creator share with us what's behind sleepwalking and why it affects some people but not others? All right, and this is what Creator says. What is taking place when a person is sleepwalking is that, in effect, they have a hypnotist on board directing the body to carry out movement that is purposeful. It is not a human hypnotist putting them into trance and then using that trance state to gain their cooperation, to follow suggestions of the hypnotist, to put them through their paces, so to speak, and put on a show or demonstration of the seeming command of the hypnotist over the individual. What is taking place is a spirit possession phenomenon. One or more of the spirits in residence within an individual's energy will find a way to take over the reins of the person's subconscious and command it to carry out a series of movements and actions. And that is what is observed when someone is sleepwalking. There is a spirit basically directly directing their mind to walk about, perhaps raid the refrigerator or do other activities that the person will not recall at all upon awakening. This is a vulnerability of the human mind to be commandeered and directed by another consciousness. It can be used for useful purposes, but in the case of intruding spirits, it is a violation of personal sovereignty and never in the best interest of the host to be put at risk by having an intruder taking over their body. It is fortunate that sleepwalking is not uniformly exhibited by people who are possessed by spirits. Otherwise, 90% of humanity would be sleepwalkers, and this could create a lot of difficulty with people getting into trouble and having accidents. 
<laughs> Boy, I think that kind of goes without say there. Um, but it's interesting that creator says we have an onboard hypnotist here. My, you know, that that should put people back in <laughs> that should rock people back in their chairs, Carl. Onboard hypnotist. Well, a demonic one, actually. That's a good word for these spirit meddlers who we're, that we're talking about. These are usually mischievous, um, dark spirits. It can be a human spirit just having a chance to experience life a bit again in a sort of confused, bumbling way. But it can also be a malevolent one. And it can be used to get a person into trouble. And it might just be a learning phase when they are working away at this as a challenge. And it, it, it's not going to end well for the host. Yeah. There's no useful purpose for this phenomenon. And again, another way to, to heal the phenomena, if you know people that are involved with it, is light work healing protocol again, Carl. <laughs> yep. It removes spirit attachments. Yes. You ask creator. Carl began his healing career as a hypnotist, and it was certainly the mixed results he got with it that helped motivate him to explore subconscious healing beyond hypnosis, eventually resulting in the revelations of empowered prayer and the Lightworker Healing Protocol. Can Creator share with us the importance of that journey and its achievements? Right, and this is what Creator says. This is a perfect illustration of what we've alluded to all during this discussion, that the subject you're probing, the one of hypnosis and the phenomenology uncovered by others using hypnotism as a tool to probe the mind is providing important clues about how the mind functions and the possibility of sorting out key questions about how to make your lives better and to be more successful and productive in life and not be held down by the seeming vulnerability and frailty of the mind and emotions, particularly when challenged by trauma of any kind. This is the major source of difficulty in the world because it changes people for the worse. It limits their ability to function to fullest expression. Many end up withdrawing from life to spend it more in hiding than engaging productively. To be sure, there are risks because the world sees to this. It is never stable and at peace for very long. There is always something bad happening somewhere. That is because of the totality of evil in your midst. Sooner or later, it will show up near you, if not affecting you directly. And of course, with the advent of modern communication, bad news travels faster than ever before. The whole world will watch, at least in retrospect, video footage of almost every catastrophe that takes place planet-wide. This is seen to because it is disheartening and demotivating. The interlopers want you to be discouraged. They are creating the evil that is harming you with seeming natural disasters that are wholly unnatural in many cases, and the erratic and even violent behavior of many individuals. What is needed is to reckon with the problem of evil in a way that can heal it, not just engage in a battle or deflect it temporarily, only to see it rise up again, and perhaps with greater force and determination. Your channel's frustration with conventional science and medicine in dealing with problems of the mind as well as physical illness after a career doing drug discovery research led him to consider other avenues for exploration. 
It was his inner knowing and indeed an intuitive awareness that the phenomenon of hypnosis was pointing out something very important and little studied about the mind and its workings. It was that intuitive awareness and his tremendous curiosity, along with some divine encouragement he was as yet unaware of, that led him to seek training as a hypnotist to see for himself what could be done and met with plenty of encouragement from workers who were using hypnosis to heal both emotional and physical problems. When that happened, something was taking place to address traumas of the past in each and every instance. He pursued this avidly to probe ever more deeply, and along the way, because of a spiritual awakening to the reality of the divine, was able to use the trance state to communicate with spirit beings possessing people and refine the work of earlier healers to carry out remote spirit releasement with divine assistance. This capability enabled him to begin to channel beings in the divine realm, including ultimately creator of all that is. As a born researcher, your channel was working all along to refine his process for engaging a client's mind in resolving the inner conflicts, and now, with greater divine help than ever before, being able to ask penetrating questions and receive feedback with clarity. This enabled a greater understanding than ever before about how the mind works, where problems come from, and how this comes about, and what to do about it. There are many phenomena exhibited by the darkness that can impinge on a person and cause trouble, sometimes quite serious in nature and even fatal. People have been taught to pray, but not how to pray with greatest effectiveness. There are many rules of engagement the divine realm adheres to that determine what can be done in any given situation in response to a prayer request. Your channel has learned and applied many insights that greatly empower prayer and extend its reach and effectiveness. And the same idea lies behind the Lightworker Healing Protocol, which is a series of high-level informed prayer requests to address all sources of negativity that can undermine a person and cause problems, mental, emotional, physical, or spiritual, and request divine intervention for their healing. The irony for Carl is that he learned much more than he bargained for. Quite unexpectedly, he learned that the instigators and originators of evil influence on human beings comes not only from the dark, fallen, angelic spirits, but extraterrestrial spirits who are stuck in limbo, as well as human spirits unable to return to the light who were deeply troubled and perhaps were former criminals. All of these spirits are a plague on humanity because they can attach to people in the living and impair their functioning in various ways. In addition, he found that many problems faced by humanity were engineered to happen by physical extraterrestrials who can manipulate people directly with mind control and using advanced technology to cause all kinds of dilemmas and difficulties for society and individuals they want to sideline or eliminate. This is not only serious, it has put humanity in peril, because the extraterrestrials have decided they want to be done with you and are planning to annihilate humanity on the way out. The Lightworker Healing Protocol is designed specifically to heal these dark beings all of them, 
to raise them up so they will give up their depraved plans and withdraw without destroying humanity gratuitously. That is not a complete healing solution for the evildoers, but it is not only a good beginning. It will ensure that healing eventually is carried out because it will provide time for enough human healing requests to be created while the bulk of humanity is healing without the headwind of the darkness holding everything back. That sum total of healing requests will continue to work because the protocol is designed that way to be reused and repurposed energetically each and every session and pooled together for the greatest total impact and replicated over and over throughout time until healing is accomplished of everyone and everything within your galaxy. That will be the greatest of legacies ever brought into existence through a loving impulse in the history of the universe and will stand for all time as a signpost in how to solve problems while partnering with the divine realm. As such, it will be a model for the entire universe, not just in how to save the earth from the interlopers, but to raise up the entire universe with guidance and how to live with greater free agency and free will than ever before. Well, at the start of this channeling, Creator revealed the the whole motivation behind if it bleeds, it leads, right, in the media and and. and you know, why the stories are always negative and if there's, you know, a car accident or a murder or a natural disaster, it's always the lead story because the interlopers want to discourage us, you know, and bring us down. Creator said as much. So I think that was a really interesting revelation, Carl. Well, and most people have not heard about the fact that we have this kind of opposition and it's pressuring us on all levels through all kinds of means, manipulating the environment causing bio-warfare, causing strife between individuals, breaking up marriages. <laughs> I mean, it just goes Causing on accidents. On. Yeah, causing just, accidents of all kinds. And then random mass shootings and so on that we yes. can blame on one another because of race and politics and, and all these things that are just maybe a flashpoint for individual emotion. But it goes much deeper. Those very issues are created by the interlopers to seem important in, in a sense that becomes life and death. It, it, it's unbelievable, but they're getting away with it unless we stop it and we have the means in hand. So yes, we do. No, those listening need to act. Yes. Be sure to act. You can act right now. Download the Lightworker Healing Protocol ebook, getwisdom.com slash LHP. And our Empowered Prayer book, getwisdom.com slash prayer. That's all we have for this week. Thanks, Carl. Be well. Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week. 